Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. If you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, you'll know that I've been doing a series of interviews with women who have made significant career change after the age of 40. And I am finding their stories really interesting, really fascinating. And I hope that it's giving you some ideas and some inspiration about how you can potentially start to plan and implement your extraction from being an employee into working for yourself, if that's something that you aspire to do one day. So those interviews are going to continue, but I also want to do maybe once a month uh, a solo episode where it's just me talking with you and sharing some thoughts and tips and ideas that I think might be useful for you if you are at some stage of that journey of transitioning into working for yourself. And that's what this episode is all about, because this episode was inspired by a couple of conversations with a few different clients that I've been having over the last little while, as well as the fact that the Australian Open uh, is on. And I am not a massive tennis fan in terms of I don't play it, really. I would love the idea of playing it, but I'm not very good. But if it's on, I do quite enjoy watching it. And so that was sort of another thing that particularly like last night really made me think, oh, actually, that's so interesting about how tennis actually is such a great analogy for business and life. And especially when you're talking about and looking at the impact of the inner and the outer game of working for yourself, which is what really the focus is for this episode. But from a tennis point of view, too, you can have all the skills that you need, know how to play the game, know what to do, know how to hold the racket, how to bounce the ball, all that kind of thing, have all the know-how. But how you actually show up, how you respond on the day, in each moment, in each serve or in each return has a massive impact on the results of the game and the match. And so those who play tennis and have really mastered the inner game definitely seem to be the ones who achieve the best results. So from a business perspective, yes, working on the practical, mechanical, surface level things is important. You do have to take action. You have to build your skills and competence on all that surface level stuff. But you can't only focus on that because this is important because You can focus on and get lost and almost drown in all the outer game stuff, all of the to-dos, all of the checklists, all of the how-tos, and they are important and you've got to do them, but they are definitely not the whole game and only focusing on them can leave you really unprepared for the inner stuff that can and will 
definitely come up for you as you transition into working for yourself, as you start to let other people know that this is something that you want to do or this is something that you are doing. The inner stuff is going to come up. And sometimes when you're not prepared, it can really throw you. For example, in very early days of, I think the first time around of me working for myself, which was a long, long time ago, I had a very well-meaning family member say to me when I was talking to them excitedly about what my plan was for the business and what I was going to do and who I was going to work with and all that kind of thing. They said to me, okay, cool. Well, you know, you can try that. And, you know, if you don't earn at least, and they said a particular dollar amount, if you don't earn at least that amount of money in your first year, then you can just go back and get a job. And in that moment, I know that that person meant well, but it actually crushed me quite a bit. And it made me really question what I was doing and if it would work or not and that I didn't really have the support and maybe I was a bit being stupid because I was so excited about it could see all this potential but this other person whose opinion I valued and respected couldn't see it or couldn't see me as being capable of it or just thought it was too risky and that's actually got all to do with their stuff nothing to do with me but in that moment because I wasn't prepared for that it did really rock me and it made me really question myself and whether or not this idea was going to work out or not. And the reality is that lots and lots of things contributed to that first business, which was called Zero Filter, just by the way, uh, of not lasting. But I also know, if I'm really honest with myself, that I actually wasn't prepared in my early love bubble of the new possibility of what that business could be, I wasn't prepared for other people being less than glowing in their enthusiasm for my new thing. And it rocked me. And when your confidence gets a whack, it really throws you and impacts the actions that you take. For me, on reflection, I can look back and know I withdrew I withdrew from others. I withdrew from conversations. I didn't like or feel very confident talking about my business. And if anyone actually asked, which to be honest, not many people really did beyond a certain point, if anyone asked, how's the business going? I just glossed over it. Didn't really talk about it that much. Changed the subject, which if you think about it, doesn't really help to grow a business if you're not able to talk about it, willing to talk about it or talking about it well. So the internal response to that comment that I had, had a massive impact on what I was doing externally, practically with my to-do list, how I was approaching them. And that ultimately, I think, contributed to that business not being as successful as I thought it could have been. There's a quote that I came across in having some thoughts about what I really wanted to share in this episode and it's by a woman called Fabian Fredrickson. She is an American uh, millionaire mompreneur uh, and author. Uh, It's a very successful woman and this quote of hers is, your inner game dictates 
your outer game. And so I think that's really relevant for you to take on board around realizing the impact of the inner stuff, to not be dismissive of it, of going, oh, that's me just being silly, or that's not relevant to work, that's other stuff. Actually, you need to see them as two parts of the same machine, if I can use that kind of analogy. But what do I mean by inner game? Just to be clarifying that, it's really about mindset and mindset work. Like what do you tell yourself? How do you talk to yourself about what you're doing? How do you feel about what you're doing? How do you feel about the thought of talking about what you're doing? And how do you feel after you've talked about what you're doing? Because all of that is like this emotional inner soup that goes on that has a massive impact on what people see externally and what you actually do or don't do. And so really the inner game is being aware that this is going on and also being really curious about that inner dialogue and its impact on what you do do and what you don't do. And I want to give you a couple of practical examples of how this inner game can come up, the more emotional side of working for yourself. So one example is a client that I was talking with recently who's newish in business in their first year or so. And by many accounts, it's actually doing really well. There's Yes, there's room for growth, but she's actually doing quite well, got some great clients and things happening, some great opportunities, but her family are still really worried about her. They're used to her being employed in a successful role and they're worried about her, especially financially. And that has a, an impact in the way that they talk to her, checking in with her. How are you going? Are you okay? Will you be able to pay the bills this month or whatever? And also she has a selection of friends, some of whom don't really actually understand what she's doing or why she is doing it. And they just keep telling her about jobs that they keep they seeing uh, advertised that they think might be a great fit for her. And whilst their intention is to care and to be looking out for her, this actually is not really very helpful. And it can sometimes have the impact of making her really think, oh, maybe I should have a look on Seek. Maybe I should just go back and get a job. That's what most people do. And I think that everybody, just so that you know, everybody goes through that phase, especially early on in business when it's all new and unfamiliar territory and you're not feeling as confident as you're used to feeling in your job and there's so many questions and unknowns, it's natural to kind of go, oh, maybe there is a perfect job out there that would be way easier than this. And the reality is potentially there might be, but often, I know I found this for myself, when I was looking at that phase of, of getting a job, I found when I was looking at job descriptions or job ads that there was nothing that really made me think, yeah, I think I can imagine myself being really happy with that for more than three months or six months or something like that. So this thing of family concern, friends being concerned about you and suggesting jobs that are available, it can really throw you if you're not expecting it. And it forces you to really go inward and to decide or to be curious about, are you actually really in this for the long haul or not? And when you know that this is normal for other people to 
respond in that way and for you to potentially get to that point of questioning or maybe I'll just go back and get a job when you know that that's normal then you can kind of self-regulate and get back on track again but if you're not expecting it you don't know it can actually rock you more than is helpful another example was another client who uh, relatively recently resigned from a, a long time in her industry you know she just was at a point as many of my clients are, of being just really over it. She had a bad boss. She was really overworked, was a very negative culture. She just had had enough and it was, was done. And so she's at a stage of exploring and working out what she wants to do next, what's going to be the, the right next phase for her to use all of her great experience and skills and passions and interests to create a work life uh, that she really loves. And she's fortunate. She has some really great support on the home front. But for her, one of the things that came up that she wasn't prepared for how to talk to people about what she's doing at the moment and definitely not prepared to talk to people about it in a way that she felt strong and confident in what she was doing, even though she's still working out what's next, which you totally can do if you're prepared for it. Because most people, when they ask you, so what are you doing now? What they expect from you is to say, oh, I'm now the marketing manager at Channel 10 or I'm the whatever else, like give me a role title. That's what people uh, generally are expecting when they know you as someone who has had a job before. They're not necessarily expecting you to say, oh, I'm working for myself or to tell them a little bit about what your business does. And so in this instance, you know, this particular client has had some recent interactions with some friends and some recent interaction with some past colleagues that were asking her about, what are you doing? How are you going? What are you doing now? And she fumbled a little bit through that because she wasn't anticipating, she wasn't prepared for how she was going to answer that. And that led to a bit of an emotional spiral of inner questioning of, oh my God, what am I doing? Is this the right thing? What on earth must people think of me? Have I completely made the, a big mistake? Which takes the focus off what do you want or need to do? What can you do now to keep you moving forward? So again, like thinking about how can I answer the question of, so what are you doing now? Or even with people that you don't know, like you meet someone new and they ask you the inevitable question, so what do you do? How do you answer that question in a way that doesn't make you feel flaky or whatever your flavor of beating yourself up is? How do you answer that question so that you feel really strong and confident and have the result that people say, oh, wow, you know, wish I could do that <laughs> or something to that uh, effect. And a third example, another client who has actually worked for herself for quite a few years now and her business has been ticking along some great things, some, you know, still growing and still refining. In fact, she's really still refining her offering, which is totally, totally normal. This takes time to do and as things shift, you'll learn more about what you like, what you don't like and crafting things in a way to suit you. But she really doesn't have much of a support group around her. None of her friends work for themselves or have a, have a business. So they just do not understand her world at all. 
and they really don't understand why she's doing it or have any idea or understanding of the struggles that she's facing, which all of us face when you're working for yourself. And this has led her on multiple occasions to a range of uh, unhelpful emotions such as frustration, anger, isolation, and second-guessing herself because when you're not getting any kind of positive input or support from the people around you, it can make you start to question all of those things. So I guess the main takeout of this episode is that if you are considering working for yourself, firstly, go for it. I am all for it. Be the CEO of your own life and work. Create a work life that really works for you. And make sure that you surround yourself with the right kind of people and prepare yourself for that inevitable inner stuff that will come up because actually that's where the hard work really is. Recognizing that inner game, that inner story and processing it, figuring out how it's impacting you and working out your own ways of anticipating it and bouncing back from it. That's just part of being in business. It's part of working for yourself. And if you want to hook in with a really positive, supportive community of women who are all at various stages of working for themselves, I would love you to join our private Facebook group, which is called Career Change, Start and Grow Your Own Business. So just come over to Facebook, search for that, search for career change, start and grow your own business, come request to join. There's three quick little questions for you to answer, which we have just so that we can make sure that the group is full of the right kind of people that's going to give you the best kind of environment where you feel comfortable to uh, comment, to ask questions and to get the sort of support that will allow you to grow in the direction that you want to grow. So please come and join. Would love to connect with you there. So I want to end this episode on another short quote that I found that I really love in relation to this topic. And this one is goes back a little bit further than the earlier one. Uh, this one is by Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor and uh, a Stoic philosopher. And he died in the year 180 AD. So that's a long, long time ago. And he said, you have power over your mind. Realize this and you will find strength. I love that quote. And I am always fascinated when I find kind of super old quotes that seem so modern and so relevant. And I think that's one of them. So I'm going to leave you with that thought and I'm going to send good vibes that I hope that you have a great week working on your inner game. See you next week.
thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.